Good morning. Um, I have this uh, gizmo over here. It, uh, it records sound, or actually, I think it transmits sounds uh, from, uh, from my mouth to uh, the speakers around us. And you can hear me. And you can see this, uh, this gizmo here, transmitter. And, uh, but you only see the outside of it, right? You don't see what's on the inside of it. Now, we could open it up and, uh, and see what's on the inside of it. Now, we would be risking it maybe uh, not working anymore, depending how careful we are in opening it. And uh, if we don't know what we're doing, uh, even after we put it back together, it might not work again. So I'm not going to do that. But we uh, have an opportunity in looking into God's word uh, this morning. And uh, Paul will do something like that for us with the church, with the church. So we've been going through the uh, epistle to the Romans, Paul's letter to believers at Rome. And uh, in our mind, it's just, uh, if you would, a black box. The believers at Rome, the church at Rome. Well, today, Paul will be, uh, in, in finishing up the epistle, he's basically saying hello to all the people he knows at Rome, or at least quite a few of the people he knows at Rome. And it's, in a sense, will be opening up the box. We get to see some of these individuals he's been writing to you. And that gives us an opportunity to uh, see what the church is like on the inside, right? So if, that's, if there's a title for this church, for this message, it would be, uh, what is the church made of? Or what is the church like on the inside? Uh, and we will use the example of the believers in Rome um, as that illustration. Uh, we won't read the whole chapter at once. We are going to go through the whole chapter, chapter 16. Um, but uh, we did break it up into, into a few parts. So we'll start with verses 1 through 16. So if you have your Bible, uh, you could open it to the book of Romans. And chapter 16, we'll start with the first verse and go uh, up to verse 16 in our first reading of it. Romans 16. One, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sincrea, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and a sister in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved Eponetus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen, and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplias, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, 
our fellow worker in Christ, and Stachys, my beloved. Greet Apelles, approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobas, Hermes, and the brethren who are with them. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nerus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. <coughs> the churches of Christ greet you. I do have some uh, handouts. Uh, Dan, maybe you could uh, pass those out. Um, there's about 20 of them. We might be a little bit shy, so if you're a couple, maybe you could share one. And again, our title for that, uh, for the message for that handout is what is the church made of or what's on the inside uh, of a church, and I have some uh, of the main, the main uh, points we're going to be making, and I left one word blank to make sure you're paying attention, and then you'd be able to fill out the blank uh, fairly easily. If you're not paying attention and you're doing it at, at home, it might be a little bit more challenging. Um, let me go ahead and start. Uh, for those of you who already have it, those of you who don't, uh, you could probably remember. Uh, the first point is that the body of Christ is sustained by the love of the saints. The body of Christ is sustained by the love of the saints. And we see it, we see it in this passage. The word love uh, appears quite a bit. Um, for example, uh, in verse uh, 5, it says, Greet my beloved Eponetus, who is the first fruit of Achaia, uh, to Christ. And then uh, later, it talks about Amplias, my beloved in the Lord. Uh, talk about Stachys, my beloved. So you can find the word of love uh, quite a bit. In wood, we will also find it, um, we will also find it in action. And uh, when I think about, about these uh, major points, I was trying to think of an illustration of what it would be like in the human body. The human body, we have a heart. And uh, see if uh, you can get it on the screen, but I think you all know what a heart looks like. Uh, your body needs the heart because it's the heart that uh, pumps, uh, pumps the blood to the rest of your body, and the blood is carrying out all the nutrients that the different parts of my body needs. Uh, if my heart is not working, or the blood is not flowing because of, of some problem in the circulation, the part of the body doesn't reach will start dying. Uh, in a similar way, the love of the saints is critical for the health of the church. The love of the saints is critical for the health of the saints. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So love, love is an essential part of, of the church of God. Uh, and like I said, it's not just in word. We want it to be in deed. In 1 John 3.18, it says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. If Paul just said he loved people but didn't do anything about it, well, maybe he loved in truth, but he didn't love in deed. <laughs> right? And uh, we see as we look at this passage that these believers loved each other in deed, uh, not just in words, starting with Phoebe. Uh, Phoebe was a sister or a fellow believer of a church in Sincrea. Uh, Sincrea was uh, neither in Corinth, where Paul was writing this letter, nor was it in Rome, where the letter was to be taken. Uh, but she traveled from Sincrea to Corinth, picked up this letter, and delivered it to Rome. Uh, that's, in those days, that's a very significant uh, journey to be taken. Probably would have been several months worth of traveling. And yet, um, in her love for Paul, uh, she was willing to carry the message. And Paul expected her to be received by the saints in a manner worthy of the saints. He expected them to show her hospitality right? Uh, very practical way of showing love. And he also asked them to assist her in any kind of business she had need. So she went to Rome, probably not just to deliver the letter, but she had something she needed to do. Maybe she was a merchant, and she needed to sell her goods, buy more goods, take them back to Sincrea. I don't know exactly what was her business, but uh, Paul expected the believers to help her out. And um, that's, uh, that's a lot like uh, what, what I see happening in this church. Uh, people help each other out. Uh, shortly after uh, getting married and before we had our first child, my wife and I decided to move from a relatively small house to a bigger one. And um, we told the church, and people said, oh, yeah, we'll come, we'll help. And I had no idea what to expect. I, people, you know, showed up. I think I said, we'll start moving at 9 o'clock. <coughs> we were done by about 10.30. <laughs> I mean, people showed up with their trucks, cars. They took stuff out of my house, put it in their car trucks, drove it over to the new house, and unloaded it, put it into the house. I, I think we were clever enough that, no, I, I think the first move, we were not clever enough. In future moves, we had like a map prepared so people would know where to put things. Uh, I think that first move, you know, I was in one house, Sharon was maybe in the other. Um, maybe they had to wait for us to get there to tell them where to put things. But uh, yeah, it was, people were, were helpful. Um, Joanna uh, had a surgery a couple of months ago, and, and we all know um, her, her condition. You know, people wanted to help. People said, can we bring food? Can we help? Um, and, and that's the kind of uh, love of the saints that's essential for the church. Without it, the church would not be a living church. It's the, it's the love of the saints, like the heart that's, that's pumping through. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila in this passage, 
uh, risk their, their own necks for Paul. We don't know uh, for Paul's life. We don't know exactly what problem Paul was in. We know he, there was uh, many attempts in Paul's life. So at least in one of those, um, Priscilla and uh, Aquila were willing to put themselves in harm way to get Paul out of trouble. And um, again, I think here when, when somebody is in need, someone is, is in trouble, the saints are, uh, are there, they, they do what they can uh, to help. Uh, praise the Lord, we, we don't suffer much persecution in this country. Uh, no one's life is likely to be in danger because of it. But uh, whenever someone is, is in need, uh, the saints rise up to the occasion. I remember once <clears throat> we had to take um, one of our sons to the hospital because he uh, managed to crack his skull uh, open. Uh, not the cleverest thing you can do. And one of the other saints uh, took our other kids in and said, we'll, we'll, we'll watch your other kids. So you could, you could focus on what you need to do. Um, Paul mentions uh, later on in this, in this same passage, greet Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. It's possible Rufus was um, Paul's brother and Rufus's mother was actually Paul's. I think a lot more likely uh, Paul had opportunity to enjoy hospitality at Rufus's house and Rufus's mother showed motherly affection toward Paul. She's like, Paul, clearly you're not eating, eating enough. You know, I've made some soup for you. Please, uh, you know, have lots and take it home with you. Uh, that's, uh, that's the kind of love of the saints. Uh, I remember when I first came to Calvary Bible Chapel, I was adopted uh, by Norman Allensworth as a, as a grandson. And uh, after church, every Sunday, he would take me out for lunch. He was uh, understood as a, as a student, Maybe I wasn't eating well or, or, you know, didn't have a home to go to after church, uh, and he wanted to make sure I was getting a good meal. Um, so, so that's the love of the saints, uh, not just in word only, but also uh, in deed. <clears throat> second one, uh, second main, main uh, thing I see here of what the church is made out of uh, uh, second point is the body of Christ is under his headship. That would be the next slide. Uh, every part of my body <coughs> is controlled by my head, or you could say my brain, um, that sends, uh, communicates through the nervous system and will tell my finger to go up and down. It's telling my mouth to go up and down too, so you guys can hear what I'm saying. Uh, but all of that is controlled by my head uh, or my brain. The church is like that, and the head of the church uh, is Christ. The Bible says, and he had, and he put all things under his, that is Christ's or Jesus's feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the church is the body of Christ. He controls us. Now, it doesn't make us puppets, but each of us individually is under the headship of Christ. He is our authority. In Romans 14, we just studied it a couple of weeks ago, 
uh, it says, for none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. If you recall, in chapter 14, you had believers with somewhat different convictions. Some of them believed you needed to be a vegetarian. Some of them felt fine about eating meat. Some of them believed certain days were important to celebrate, uh, like the Sabbath. And others believed, hey, every day is, is the same. Uh, but, and, and, and Paul allowed these differences of convictions, but he pointed out that everybody was under the Lord. I do what I do. Um, because I believe that's what the Lord wants me to do. And you do what you do because you believe that is what the Lord uh, wants you to do. And as a result, we are the body of Christ, and he is the head. <coughs> he is the one who is directing what we're doing. Critical for the body. You couldn't, couldn't operate without a head. We, the body of Christ, could not operate <laughs> without Christ being the head of every believer uh, the third uh, uh, item is the body of Christ benefits from fellowship. The body of Christ benefits from fellowship, and we see it in this passage. For example, uh, in verse 5, it says, Likewise, uh, I'm sorry, I, I kind of skipped over the evidence for the second point, but uh, uh, there you see it, for example, where it says, uh, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> so you see they're under Christ or serving him. Uh, later we see uh, Tryphena and Tryphosa who have labored in the Lord. Beloved Persis who labored much in the Lord. Um, so we see it from this passage, the fact that uh, Christ is uh, the head of the church. <clears throat> and then regarding fellowship, we see that from... Uh, the example of there being a church in uh, the house of Priscilla and Aquila. That's in verse 5. And uh, we see a number of households being mentioned. And then in verse uh, 11 and 12, Paul is greeting, is greeting groups of believers together. <coughs> verse 11, greet Herodian, my countrymen. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Verse 12, greet Tryphena and Tryphosa. I'm sorry. Verse 14, <laughs> greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobas, Hermes, and the brethren who are with them. So you could see there, that's a group uh, that's gathering together. And then verse 15, greet Philologus and Julia and Erus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Another group, right? So they're gathering together in fellowship. Uh, what, what part of the body... Uh, could that be compared with? I had a, uh, a riddle for you that the answer for that would be the, the part of the body we're, we're speaking of. It might be a little bit small to read. I'll go ahead and, and read it out loud. It was actually a song uh, from Patch the Pirate. I don't know how many people here have ever listened to Patch the Pirate. Um, but the words of the song uh, goes like this. Although it wears and sometimes tears... There's no better way to keep my insides in. It covers my nose and wraps around my toes 
When I eat too much, it strangely grows. Deep inside, deep down inside it, I put lemon meringue in, and on the inside it I hang on outside it I hang my clothes. Skin, so I, it is the only thing I really feel at home in and without it. Furthermore, both my little kidneys, my liver and abdomen, they'll be rolling all around the floor. Sorry, I gave it away halfway through. Probably skin. <laughs> yeah, skin is what keeps us in. And, uh, and, and our body works better when it's being kept together, right? I mean, if, if we didn't have the skin holding us together and the parts of me would kind of be hanging all over the place, my body wouldn't function nearly as well. I, I wouldn't be a happy camper. Uh, <clears throat> in the same way as believers, uh, we benefit from being in fellowship. Uh, like we came together this morning uh, to worship the Lord, I was encouraged. Uh, somebody had a devotional and uh, was thinking about the Lord and, uh, and his greatness, magnifying him, just appreciating how great he really is. We're told in Hebrews chapter 10, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So we benefit. If we'll gather together, we can encourage one another in the Lord um, in doing good works. <clears throat> uh, the fourth item I have will require us to read the next portion of the passage. So we are in Romans 16. We'll pick up in verse 17. Paul says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Uh, we have a, uh, a very well-designed immune system that's designed to uh, capture viruses like uh, COVID. <clears throat> and the way uh, viruses work is they will uh, infiltrate your body, they will go into a cell, and they'll convince your cell that they're part of the instructions uh, of the body, or of the brain, if you would, to the body, uh, and that the cell needs to make duplicates of them. And the virus will multiply inside of your cell because that's what the cell thinks it needs to do until the cell explodes and releases uh, billions more copies of the virus will then go and do the same to other cells. That's how viruses work. And uh, God designed our immune system to recognize these viruses, 
and it, it may take some time, right? It could take a few days sometimes for your, your immune system to recognize, oh, this is something bad. We don't really want it here doing this to our body. And they will uh, basically capture every virus and then excrete them out of the body, right? That's how our immune system works. Uh, the body of Christ is supposed to do the same thing. That's what uh, we have in verses 17 uh, through 20. Uh, Paul says, I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses. When something comes into the body and messes with the body, note that. <laughs> Recognize uh, the danger uh, and avoid them. Right? So if somebody walks in the door and, and starts teaching something different than the doctrines that we have learned, what, what uh, we, we see God teaches in the Bible, they cause divisions, they stir up the saints, right? Uh, note that and avoid that person uh, because this is <coughs> private property, we can also ask them to leave <laughs> and, and not, not come back to our church, which is something we've done uh, over the years uh, because it's a real danger. Jesus says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly the ravenous wolves. They come in sheep's clothing Paul says in this passage um, that uh, they use by smooth words and flattering speech that they, they deceive the hearts of the simple. They're not going to come in and announce that they're false prophets. They're not going to come in and yell and shout and be mean to people. Uh, they're going to smooth their way in. Right? They're going to tell you, you know, what a wonderful church this is and how happy they are uh, to have found us. And... Uh, and then they start inserting uh, their doctrine and, and their false teaching. Uh, we're told in 2 Corinthians 11, for such are false prophets, false apostles, <coughs> deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. How should we respond um, to, to them? Uh, number one, we should avoid them or put them out, just the way a body deals with a virus, right? Keep it out. <laughs> we don't want it in here. Uh, we protect ourselves by being wise in what is good, but simple concerning evil. Once you recognize that someone is teaching false doctrine, don't try to understand everything they're teaching, right? You know, be wise in what is good. We want to understand good, solid doctrine. We don't want to know what you believe, right? I mean, it's clear what you're believing is wrong. Uh, don't spread it. I'm not, I'm not eager to understand all your reasons and arguments uh, for what you believe. Uh, and ultimately, we, we trust in God. We look to God uh, to, to remove the threat. It says, and the God of peace will crush Satan uh, under your feet uh, shortly. All we can do is, is put them out. Uh, we're not going to search the world for false, uh, you know, for, for cults and false teaching and try to destroy them everywhere in the world. That's God's job. That's what Jesus is going to do when he comes back, right? Uh, we protect ourselves as a body protects itself. We recognize what's bad and we, we put it out. We keep it out. Uh, 
The next passage uh, in, in Romans 16, verse 21, uh, Timothy, my fellow, I'm sorry, did I give the answer to that particular note? I did not. Uh, the body of Christ does what against false teachers? Protects. Protects, protects or defends itself against false teachers. Good. <clears throat> um, next passage, uh, Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my countrymen, greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, my host, and the host of the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greets you, and Quartus, a brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Um, I have a, a picture for that, too. Uh, the point here is the body of Christ is not limited by worldly boundaries. Uh, what do I mean uh, by that? Um, we see in this passage, uh, Paul and a number of other people are sending their greetings to Rome, which in those days would be like sending greetings uh, to a place which was several months away by travels. <clears throat> How do they know these people? Right? Why do they care about these people? Well, because the body of Christ goes beyond the walls of this building. Right? There's believers on the outside, and we know believers uh, from other believers in Fremont, other believers in Alameda County, other believers in California, uh, other believers in the United States, other believers in North America, and we know believers outside of North America. Right? Uh, people we can enjoy having fellowship. Why? Because the body of Christ extends outside these boundaries, right? Uh, we're all one in Christ, not just uh, in space, but even in time. Believe it or not, uh, in heaven, we will have fellowship with Paul himself. If you had questions about the book of Romans, Paul, what did you mean when you wrote this? You'll have the opportunity to ask Paul. You may not be as concerned about it in heaven, but... Uh, but yeah, our fellowship extends in space, it extends in times, and it also extends other boundaries. It's interesting if you look at uh, some of these uh, uh, names. Uh, Cortus literally means number four, and it's generally believed he was probably a slave. Cortus would have been the name of a slave. Well, notice the location, the name right before him in this group of people who uh, seem to be fellowshipping with Paul in Corinth, was Erastus, the treasurer of the city. Now, this was Corinth. Corinth would have been like one of the mega cities uh, of, of Rome, right? It's known for, for bad things, but it was a very big, wealthy city. Uh, Paul actually spent a year and a half there uh, ministering to the saints, building the church. It was, it was a huge city. The treasurer of that city would have been a very important person in the ancient world. Like, you could probably mention him at the court in Rome, and people would know who this guy is, right? They would not know about Quartus, who happened to be a slave in Corinth, right? And yet the two of them are side by side in fellowship, right? Paul is not ashamed to put the name of Quartus right next to that of Erastus, the treasurer of the city of Corinth, right? They're equal, right, in Christ. They have fellowship uh, together. And so we can cross uh, boundaries uh, of race, 
nationality. Um, I had uh, an opportunity to serve the Lord once with a Palestinian who used to be a terrorist. He, he literally would look for opportunities to uh, kill Israeli soldiers um, as, as a Palestinian uh, terrorist. Uh, and yet uh, he came to know the Lord, and he now has a ministry, if I remember correctly, in North Carolina, uh, helping uh, with, with kids who have no home, kids that, that don't have a family that will take care of them. And we had an opportunity to serve together um, and, and we could have good fellowship, right? He was, he was a brother in the Lord. Uh, I enjoyed him. I loved him. How can I cross a boundary like that, being an Israeli? Uh, I could have been, my father could have been uh, a person he wanted to kill. And yet, and yet in Christ, we can, we can enjoy uh, true fellowship because the body of Christ is not limited uh, by worldly boundaries. Uh, next and final portion of this uh, wonderful epistle. Uh, now, to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, <clears throat> but now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment, of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. To God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So the final point here is the body of Christ feeds on the word of God. Um, we uh, need to eat uh, if we want to live, and eating can give us a lot of pleasure. Without, without eating, uh, we'd get sad pretty soon, and uh, we will eventually uh, die. And that was part of God's design, right? God uh, designed, actually it says somewhere, the stomach for foods and foods for the stomach, right? He knew uh, that we would need food. He created us to need food, and he made food for us to eat. And through eating them, we keep the body strong, healthy. Uh, if we're young, uh, it also helps the body grow. If we're older, it might make our body grow, not the way we want it to. Uh, but uh, uh, food is good. What do we feed on? As believers, we feed on the word of God. First Peter uh, 2 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And uh, I think Paul here in these last verses is uh, thinking about everything he said and uh, how important it is that the believers in Rome accept what he has shared with them in this epistle and believe what he shared with them because that is going to be for their spiritual benefit. That's why he wrote the epistle, so that they may be established. The Lord, they have this good, solid truth of God to feast on, to trust in, and to spiritually grow uh, through. Perhaps the key verse we talked about at that time was Romans 1.16. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, 
for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just <coughs> shall live by faith. Um, it said in the passage that uh, it's made manifest. Right? The, the gospel, the Bible is now made manifest uh, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Uh, God wants the Bible, his word, to be available uh, for everyone, right? And the purpose here, it says, is for the obedience to the faith, for obedience uh, to the faith. I can have a lot of food in my closet or in my refrigerator, uh, and it will do me no good unless I reach for it, I take it, and I eat it. In the same way, the word of God is available uh, to all people. And yet, uh, if, if we fail to obey and believe it, uh, it doesn't do us any good. And so we have to take that, that step if we want to enjoy the blessing <coughs> that comes from God's word. Finally, and this is um, perhaps not part of the body, but it is part of the conclusion to this epistle, so I didn't want to uh, miss it, but the church design reveals the wisdom of God. The church design reveals the wisdom of God. Paul finishes with this verse, to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. As we were talking about the human body, uh, as I was thinking about the human body, uh, it is amazing the way uh, God designed our body. And uh, David says the same in Psalm 139. He says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Um, David was thinking about the way God made him, and he knew so much less than we know today, and he was amazed, and, um, and we can be too. But God didn't just make the human body, he also made the body of Christ. And as we think of what it is, what the body of Christ is like, just the uh, main points we looked at today, the fact that it's the love of the saints that... Uh, that is uh, sustaining the body of Christ, the headship of Christ, uh, reaching every uh, member of the body, uh, the fellowship of the saints gathering together uh, to enjoy uh, fellowship, uh, the body's defense mechanism in rejecting uh, false teaching, the, fact, the way it extends, goes beyond all boundaries, uh, reaching uh, everyone, everyone who puts their faith in the Lord Jesus and feeding on God's word and growing, uh, we can praise God uh, for his wisdom, not just in making the human body, but in how he made uh, the body of Christ. Let's uh, praise him. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We, we are blessed, not just because of the human body you gave us, but for making the body of Christ and us being able to be members uh, of that body. We thank you for putting us in it. We recognize salvation 
uh, was an act of grace, your, your gift to each and every one of us. We didn't earn a place in your body. You gave it to us free, and yet we can enjoy the blessing of being part of your body. We pray that we uh, could reach out and uh, find others in this community who might be open to receive that message of salvation to also become uh, part of your body. And we, we pray that uh, we could always give you the glory for your wisdom and all the things you do in our lives. In Jesus' name.